1: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So grateful that you have chosen to join us. I'm back. I know that there were a few encore presentations Uh, while I was away. I was in Florida doing a lot of ministry uh, with some good, good friends of mine Uh, in Vero Beach, Pastor Jim Gallagher. I had the privilege of teaching there. And then up in Jacksonville, Florida, with with my friend, Pastor Eric Souza, uh, and his wife, Betsy, and the kiddos, Isabel, Lily, and Dane. We had such a great time together. I I had the privilege of teaching some leaders. Then we did Sunday service. Then I did the Wednesday service. It was a glorious, wonderful time. Uh, ministry in Florida, and the Lord is so grateful, or I am so grateful for the Lord to allow me uh, not only to have friends like that, but to serve alongside of them and minister uh, the gospel in those wonderful areas. Uh, But we're back now, back in Colorado, had our first fake snow this morning. Um, It was just a few little droplets of uh, snow, but it was snow nonetheless. Uh, Winter is here. Uh, Here we go. But shout out to everyone uh, listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and Radio by Grace, as well as Grace FM. Uh, We're grateful that you are uh, joining us, listening in, wherever you might be listening in, from your car, your kitchen. Uh, Shout out to everyone listening uh, in uh, Colorado, Nebraska. I mean, we can go. We have so many stations and states now. Uh, Welcome. To the program. The number to dial is 303 690 3000. 303 690 3000. That is the number to come right online, uh, join me. uh, Let's talk about what's on your mind. uh, Let's talk about uh, any questions you might have. We can open the Bible together. And then, of course, we have a dedicated text line. Uh, That number is 303-690-3000. Best thing to do is put these numbers in your phone book, in your contacts. That way you know uh, they always have them. There's a voice line, 303-690-3000, and a text line, 720-336-0897. And right now, all lines are open, uh, so take advantage of them. Uh, Get on the air. Because those of you that listen to the program know that as the show progresses, the lines fill up, and they generally stay full and busy for the remainder of the show. Uh, And here's the key, too. If you get a busy signal and you're calling this program, then just hang up and try again. And if, when you hear someone in their call, that means a phone line is going to come open. And you can call in and try to time it. Uh, to the best of your ability when someone drops off uh, and they're finished with their call. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text me at 720-336-0897. Hey, we just launched our season three of the Lead to Serve podcast uh, I encourage you to go listen to it on wherever you get your podcast. It's lead, the number two, serve, all one word, lead to serve. I uh, put my name in the search bar. You could find it that way as well. It, it is a spiritual leadership podcast. We talk about ministry and servanthood. The lead to serve is a play on words, of course, uh, because we think of leadership sometimes. People think of leadership but you don't serve anymore, and some people look at servanthood and think you don't lead, but the two are very intertwined. And we learn to serve well so that we might lead, learn to lead well so that we might become better servants. And you see it just keeps going round and round and round. And we're talking now on season three, looking at some principles from a book we just published uh, called Sure and Steady. You can get it anywhere you get your books. Uh, you can get it right here on our bookstore calvaryco.store and it is a series of little uh one or two paragraph teachings on different topics like confidentiality like today we were doing a podcast like ministry is 24 7 but explaining what that means you know it's not like we're doing something 24 hours a day every second of every day although it can feel like that sometimes but 24 7 like like the the reality of of you know, you can't schedule people's tragedies. You can't neglect people. Um, and so it's, we're, we're talking through it. Today, I, I, it, it's for a future broadcast, but uh, Bob Claycap and I did a couple episodes today. Just such a great brother in the Lord. Um, I'm hoping to get some other guys here on the team uh, to sit in with me because there's so much wisdom, uh, the young guys, uh, the older guys, the guys that are newer here, the guys that have been around for a while. I'm uh, grateful to serve with them, and just to talk things out. We don't have the answer. It's kind of like the show. Uh, we don't have the answer to everything. Uh, we don't know everything, but it's good to talk it out. Uh, it's good to search it out and study the Scriptures together. 303-690-3000. Also, I want to remind you, we're waiting for the calls c- to come in, and I see a couple texts come in. Uh, you can text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, But tonight is our water baptism service, so especially you guys here in the metro area, if you've never been water baptized in obedience to Jesus Christ, uh, tonight is the night. It's indoors. We won't have to reschedule it for lightning like we did last time. It's going to be indoors, uh, and I saw already so many signed up, uh, and uh, we'll baptize you until we're done, Uh, and uh, it'll be great. Uh, Awesome. And let's get to some text questions here. Um, what is the right way to rebuke demons? Uh, that's a great question. Thanks for sending it in. The right way to rebuke demons is to not, but rather ask the Lord to do it. Remember in the book of Jude, uh, we have insight on how this how this is operated uh, in, uh, let me get there with you. In Jude, it's only one chapter, verse 9, it says, Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring a reviling accusation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. And so we don't take demons on head on. We hide in the Lord. He takes them on, and we run to Jesus. And so... The way to deal with the demonic realm is this, and once again, it's a simple scripture, but it needs to be, it needs to be followed. Uh, and and here's the the scripture in James four seven. It's therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and the promise is he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? You don't listen to him. You don't follow him, you don't entertain his lies, you don't believe lies, you you simply walk away from temptation, you take the way of escape, and as you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Great question. All right, let's go over to Matt in Loveland, Colorado. Matt, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Pastor Ed, thanks for taking my call. What a perfect segue to what I was going to say, too. Perfect. What do you got? Um, I think it was Pastor Nick Cady, who uh, I want to say it was probably a month ago. Um, he was talking, and I, I listened to your station all day, and, and he brought up how thoughts can be like birds that land in your yard. And, and I'll tell you, uh, how it was so cool, because I'm listening, and I'm, when God— when he gives you a message and he talks pretty direct to me, it's like, it feels like he pulls my ear and says, hey, pay attention, stop at your gym, pay attention to what's being said right now, right here. And I did. And it changed It changed the way I deal with that thought process. Yes. Uh, because now I, 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 I'm also an artist, so I can think visually. But so for me, the thoughts that I would have you know, you're just sitting there, you're tired, you're depressed, whatever, and you get these, sometimes you get a good thought, sometimes you get some really nasty stuff, and you wonder where that stuff's coming from, and so for me to visualize as that thought comes in, it lands in my yard, and it's a bird, and I don't, I never want to let a bird in my house. Have you ever tried to get a bird out of your house? It's almost impossible. They break everything, right? So why let that bird into your house? And so it was, it became a visual exercise that now when i have a little fleeting thought or something i can just go no 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 and i visualize that and i just make that bird leave and it has been it has been wonderful and i felt like god wanted me to just bring this up and say it cuz maybe there's other people out there that deal with that it, 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 you know there's times in our life where things go smooth and your thoughts are all happy and then, and then when things start falling apart Right, and that's where your brain starts disintegrating and get all these other thoughts in there and um anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And if if it was Pastor Nick that said it or it was you, I just couldn't remember who it was. But wow, how dynamic and powerful.
1: That is a great illustration. I don't remember sharing it, so it probably was Nick.
3: It, I, I I tell you, it for for me, I, I was I was one of those folks that was misdiagnosed 25 years ago as being bipolar, mm. and I wasn't. Uh-huh. So I spent I spent 25 years on medications I didn't need um, off of them now. Got a great therapist, great counselor. Said, yeah, no, That's you're great. not. And I wasn't. Yeah, and it's been fantastic. So I just felt like, you know what, I need to point that out because maybe somebody else can take that tool and run with it, and maybe it'll help them. So keep up the great work. You guys just do fantastic. So thank you for... For doing everything you do with with uh, promoting the word of God, everything else. So, thank you.
1: Thanks, brother. God bless you, Matt.
3: Have have a nice Thanksgiving. Bye bye. Bye -bye.
1: That is really a great illustration. I've heard something similar to that, uh, like birds nesting in a tree, uh, but in your yard. I mean, it all makes sense, and how easy it would be to chase them away, Um, and you know, and they come back. It's a great illustration. Um, I think Nick got it for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 303-690-3000. Rosemary in Denver, welcome to the program.
2: Hi. Thank Hi. you so much for having me.
1: You're welcome. You're on and, the air. Uh,
3: I was, yes. I, I'm asking about uh, a, a close friend of mine. I uh, became a Messianic Jew. She's, not a, she's a Gentile, but uh, she's pretty much trying to convince all of us that uh, that we should be following the Sabbath and everything else that, that according to her, Jesus followed when he was alive, and then all this other, uh, the Christian religion is just all wrong because we do, we do not follow the Sabbath, we don't do all of these uh, other holidays that Jesus did in the Bible, and, uh, and that we're wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah. How
2: am I supposed to convince her otherwise?
1: It's going to be challenging, uh, because someone has her ear, and she's parroting uh, you know, re- mimicking. She doesn't really know this. She's just saying to you what someone told her, uh, and she's pretty zealous about it. It sounds like, um, but the word of God couldn't be clearer. You know, I, again, if she was my friend, I would say I, I would ask her this. It's a silly question, but it's something that has to jar her. Um, you could you could ask her, well, you know, if we're to worship on the Sabbath like Jesus did, then where do you bring where do you bring your sacrifice? Uh, and what are you, you, what farm are you getting your sheep from uh, so that you can follow through with the sacrificial system uh, that was in existence when Jesus was, was on the earth? And you know she'll have an answer to that. Well, you know we don't have to sacrifice anymore. Well, why don't we have to sacrifice anymore? Well, because Jesus came and he's the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And is that all he did? Um, because if Jesus came and he changed the covenants, right? If Jesus came and he changed from the Mosaic covenant or what we generally refer to as the old covenant, the covenant of works, to the new covenant, then why aren't other things changed with it? Uh, And that's an important question to ask your friend, and it it goes against the way that she's been taught. Like It's just these bullet points of, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, and you're like, okay, slow down about it. If I'm doing all this wrong, then what exactly, what mattered when Jesus gave his life. And it's interesting because this is not an old question. I mean, this is not a new question. The early church wrestled with this very question. What do we do with Gentile worshipers? What, what do we do now after in the new covenant? And you can read about that in Acts chapter 15. They didn't impose the Sabbath on them. They, they didn't impose a, a mosaic a li- list of works. They gave them a couple things to watch out for, but they gave them full entrance to worship Jesus, Jew and Gentile alike alike. But to the direct question should we should we is it only okay to worship God on the Sabbath? No, we can worship God on any day. Um, it says as a matter of fact, we should worship God on every day. Um, in Romans chapter 14 verse 5 it says, one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And so in grace, we have the privilege of worshiping God every day of the week. There's no mandate in order to be right with God because we're right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. And if you email me, I'll send you a link to a Bible study I did on this very question about the Sabbath, Um, you know, because people will say, you're not obeying God when you fail to keep the Sabbath, or God changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, or, or God never changed the Sabbath from Saturday, or Sunday worship is the devil, whatever, all these things, but the Bible couldn't be clearer. By faith in Jesus Christ, you do keep the Sabbath because he is your Sabbath,
2: I see. but ask her okay. where does
1: she where ask her where does she sacrifice animals where does she get her animals to bring to the temple for sacrifice or to the tabernacle or to her church or her synagogue and she'll say oh we don't do that anymore and you'll say why and she'll say because Jesus died for our sins and and you say really after Jesus things changed and just I let her j- just let that <laughs> yeah, sit there good. and she'll go whoa well, uh, some things, And I said, well, then who determines, you know, again, that one question will stump her. She'll have an answer for it, but it'll stump her, because of course things changed when Jesus died and rose again. Of course they changed. We live in a new covenant of grace, not under the old covenant of works.
3: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. I'm
2: going to to be listening to to this again and having her listen to
1: it. Yes, email me and I'll (laughs) uh, tell her I'll send you my notes. You can read them together. Just send me a letter, uh, an email, and I'll respond to it, no problem.
0: All right, thank you. I appreciate it. God bless
1: you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, off to line three, back to Denver, Colorado. Matt, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, man. I just wanted to give you an update. A couple of weeks ago, you and I spoke. I called in, I was prepared for, I was going through a custody battle with my three-year-old, and I just want to let you guys know that I ended up getting custody.
1: Oh, congratulations. So, yeah. I wow. appreciate your prayers. That's fantastic. Uh that's that's really good to hear. Yeah. You're welcome. Let's let's now pray and thank God.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So Father, I do thank you for this uh praise report and this beautiful reconciliation of Matt with his daughter and uh, and I pray God it's still a broken situation, still very challenging, but now together you are doing a work that that will uh you know that will just be encouraging and And strengthening and we want to we're always asking and we're always requesting but now we want to come to you and praise you and appreciate you and be encouraged uh, by what you have accomplished and what you have brought to pass in jesus name amen
2: amen
3: i'm grateful for your program i listen to you guys every day so thanks again
1: thank you bye-bye bye Bye. all right some great calls today 303-690-3000 303 Here's a great text uh, question, a question that's come through text. Hey, Pastor Ed, I was wondering, are there generational curses? The answer is no. Very simply. It is a made-up, man-made, false teaching. No such thing as general curses. Jesus Christ, according to Colossians, he broke the curse. He broke the curse of sin and everything attached to to the handing down of behavioral habits and things in a family. Um, in relation to past family members disobeying God and God punishing generations after, that every person is responsible for their own sin. You are not responsible for the sin of your parents, the sin of your mom or dad, just like your children will not be responsible for your sin. However, let's be clear that consequences are something that we all deal with. So is it possible that you will pay the consequences for generational sin in the past in your family? Yes. You know, I think of the difficulty of just what uh, this praise report we just shared, where a there's custody battle, and this precious little daughter's reunited with her daddy when and has now custody arrangement well as good as it's wonderful as that is there are consequences to the separation of the marriage uh, there are consequences to the fight and of course we want it to be as we want to minimize them as much as we can but sin brings consequences and there there is there there is a penalty when you choose to follow the sins of your fathers, but they're not like a curse upon you that you can't get out from under. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like you, you automatically have to pay uh, because of the generations of sin in the past. As a matter of fact, uh, when I think about it, um, in my family, uh, anything that might have been in my past, <clears throat> anything that might have been in generations before me was broken with me. I started a new um, a a new direction. I started a new direction for my family, and starting with me now as a born again believer, uh, we we are going in a different direction. Uh, Let me read to you a scripture in Ezekiel chapter eighteen, just to encourage you. Ezekiel chapter eighteen. Verse 4, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. The soul who sins shall die. In the same chapter, if you jump down to verse 20, it says, The soul who sins shall die. The Son, listen, this is the key. Take this, memorize it. The Son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father, the guilt of the son. The righteousness shall be upon the righteous. Uh, the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So no, absolutely not. Uh, if you're in a church that teaches generational curses, I want to encourage you find another church. Uh, it is not true. It's not. It's not true teaching. Um, the curse has been broken at the cross of Jesus Christ and you can trust in Him. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. All right, let's go back to line one. Is Matt in Loveland. Matt, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, and I just had a really quick question, and that's regarding God's will versus when we pray for something to go a certain way or for our health or whatever it is. I'm I got kind of confused one time because I heard it stated that you know God's will is God's will and if you pray and if you convince God in your prayer that it all makes sense, you can convince him to and I'm going that can't be right. So I've always kind of been gray in that area. Can you enlighten me on how that works?
1: Well, you summarized it well. Uh, n- none of us are going to persuade God. We're, we're not of infinite wisdom. We, we may have yeah. convinced ourselves, but uh, we're not. We're not going to convince infinite God. Um, Jesus, Jesus made it. You know, Jesus made it clear about how we're to pray. We're, you know, first of all, remember He gives the model prayer. Remember that um, He talks about in Matthew's Gospel, uh, in chapter six. Uh, he gives instruction, um, and he gives a model of a prayer. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So one of the keys in prayer, you you can see a lot of keys in this particular model prayer, but First of all, we address our Father. Um, we, we, aren't, we are the subordinate. He is uh, the priority. Uh, and he's to be hallowed. He's to be worshiped. He's to be submitted to. Um, he is God and we are not. And then the next request is is that we're asking for his kingdom to come, and we're wanting his will to be done. And so the neat right. thing about prayer is that we have the privilege of talking with God of sharing our concerns with him, of bringing our cares and our requests to him, but ultimately in our prayer life we are praying according to His will, uh, and there's no magical formula um, for prayer, and we're, there's no influence or you know for us to say I, I I think this is best, God, and this is what I want you to do, like as if we can boss Him around. Um, and then another thought, I mean, cause this is a huge question, but another thought that you could have is that when, when we are praying, we're to pray in his name. And whenever you say in Jesus name, amen, what you're saying is I pray in the authority of Jesus and I trust him with the answer. You know, you don't, you don't pray to God and say in Matt's name, amen. Um, that would be silly because Matt, Matt is Matt. He's not Jesus. He's not God. Um, what we're saying is, God, I'm submitting my life to your will. I'm submitting myself to what your desire is, and here's my desire. Um, This is what I want. But ultimately, whatever the answer is, we receive it as from the sovereign God who loves us, has compassion for us, and knows what's best for us.
3: Right. So And so, yeah, because it, like, if you're, praying to have an illness healed, you know, part of me says, maybe you just pray to God and just, okay, and understand, and please help me accept your will, whatever it is. And that's that's the way I've always prayed, help me accept your will, because I can't, I'm human, I'm I'm full of flaws, I can't, I don't have the capabilities to to do that, so help me accept your will, but... Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so, do you yeah. also say? And by the way, could you cure this for me too? It'd be helpful, so I could, you know.
1: Well, it, it, it is. It is, it is.
3: The, the difficulty I'm having with trying to blend those two together without sounding like, "Hey, God, do this for me," because I'm praying to you, but yet it's all Your will, and whatever happens, happens.
1: Well, really, it becomes a posture uh, of your heart, doesn't it? Because you, yeah, you, yeah. you are. You, you are given permission in the Bible to ask God to heal. You are given permission in the Bible to bring your friends to Jesus for healing. You are given permission in the Bible to lay hands and the elders anoint with oil. You are given permission that when you are sick that you can call upon the elders and we will lay hands on you and anoint you with oil and pray that you are healed. You That is valid. Uh, we should obey it and we should do it. We're also... We're also Instructed that when we do that, that we trust the outcome to God. So let's say you pray for healing and the person isn't healed. You go, well, did I pray wrong? No, you didn't pray wrong. You prayed for God's best. You prayed with great hope and anticipation. It would be beautiful and wonderful to experience this temporary healing, but it wasn't by through prayer we discovered it wasn't God's will for this temporary healing. And we walk away trusting him, even trusting him more with our lives. God bless you, Matt. Got to go. You hear the music. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live.
2: Welcome
0: back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grateful to be on the air with you. 303 690 303 690 is the number. Give me a call. Uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. I've got some some problems with the headphones. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm trying to work on it. I'm going to unplug them really quick and just keep talking, and then I'm going to plug them back in. Uh, But this is what I get when I don't bring my regular headphones, or my backups are missing. Um, It's just one of those days, one of those weeks, but the Lord is good, and and we're together on the radio. Isn't that amazing? Let's just take a moment and think about the privilege of being together and and being together with you around the country. Uh, as we just recently added the Radio by Grace Network, uh, thank you guys for allowing us to be a part of your life today. Uh, taking the taking calls together and just talking about the things of the Lord. Of course, uh, Calvary Live originates here at the Grace FM Radio Network in Colorado. But we're also on Hope FM, Truth FM. We're on in Idaho. We're on in some other low power stations, and uh, we're grateful. Uh, it is a not it, not your usual Bible answer program, uh, but rather a pastoral program that where we minister to you and and encourage you in the ways of the Lord. and And yeah, we answer Bible questions, and um, it's always an encouraging time to be together. I'm asking you for prayer, if you would, if you'd pray for me. Uh, we have water baptism tonight, so. If you've never been water baptized as a believer, uh, come on out. We, we're doing water baptism here uh, at Calvary. It's our last one of the year. Uh, we see a lot of people have signed up. So thank you. Uh, we're looking forward. The last time we tried to do this, uh, we were rained out and lightninged out. Uh, so we're doing it indoors this time, bringing it back indoors, and we'll be uh, doing it here. So, you know, come ready to be in the water so you're not baptized in your clothes, and then bring a change of clothes with you uh, so that. Um, you can leave. We'll have towels here that you can borrow. Uh, and but but you know, as you get baptized, um, you know, don't get baptized in your clothes. Come in something you know with a cover up for the ladies. Come and uh, and maybe your swim trunks, guys, and get water baptized. And then you can bring a change of clothes before you leave. So three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And then I ask for prayer uh, because I am I am going to. After service tonight, I have the privilege of teaching at a pastor's conference, a Bible conference in India, and isn't that an amazing thing? Tonight, I'll be teaching a conference in India via Zoom, uh, and so I have to do it super late so it can be super early for them, and uh, I got invited with a uh, from a friend of mine in Tennessee, uh, Calvary Chapel pastor in Tennessee, uh, and I'll be teaching in the book of Acts uh, to this group of hungry, wonderful uh, Indian pastors uh, and their spouses. And, um, you know, we're not able to share where they are uh, because there's a lot of persecution right now in India uh, and a great persecution, but that's there's also great privileges to, to serve to be encouraged. It's going to be great. So pray for me tonight, late tonight. Like, Let it be your good good night prayer. Say, Lord, just pray. I pray for Pastor Ed as he teaches. Uh, and not not just for me. Pray for everyone that's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be glorious. Uh, first time for me uh, to teach with an interpreter on Zoom to India. I've never never ministered in India before, although we've had sent people there. Um, so we, we have uh, missionaries out there as well or uh, churches that we support. 303-690-3000. Let's go back to Aurora, Colorado. Nick, welcome to the program.
2: How are you doing, Pastor Ed? Doing great. Right on. So I got a quick question just on the... We know that Jesus is God, obviously, and that God is omniscient about everything, and we know that Jesus knows that what we're going to ask Him or pray or anything before anything even happens in our lives and that he knows the hearts of all men. And when Peter was getting forgiven, he says, "Do you love me?" He says, "Lord, you know all things." And my question is is, so if Jesus is omniscient and knows all things and knows our hearts and everything about the world and the universe, how come he doesn't know the hour that he is coming back?
1: No, that's a great question. Uh, before I answer it, I think you probably thought a lot about it. What do you think?
2: I think that—I don't know what I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay.
2: I get stumbled, that's why I call it no, it's really good. But I I think that it goes back to, you know, my thoughts are your not not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And yeah. I accept that by
1: faith. Sure. So, well, so let's ask a different question and see if I can't help you think this through. Um, when Jesus was on the earth— and he was in Jerusalem, why wasn't he also in Capernaum?
2: Because he had to do the Father's will, and it was his mission to be in Jerusalem at the time, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, Jesus became fully human. Right. And being fully human, he experienced limitations in his humanity. And okay. so that statement Jesus is speaking, you know, the uniqueness of Jesus in, is, is in, more, of course, more than one way. But one of the uniqueness uh, that is only Jesus has only experienced this, the Son of God, is that God came in human flesh, and he right. possesses two natures at the same time. Uh, he has a both nature of deity, and he also has a nature of humanity and just like in his humanity, he was limited to one place at one time. In his omniscience, he had he he could he knew all things. He you know he was talking to someone in Jerusalem. And in his humanity, he was limited, but he also was fully God. So if he wanted to access that deity, he could have. But according to Philippians, he chose to lay it aside while he was human, in order to fulfill the. Um, the will of the Father in being the perfect sacrifice. So he, I believe that he could access either one, but he chose to limit his access at times uh, in his humanity. Uh, and you have to read, to like you say, okay, what, what is that statement? Well, that's a human statement. Um, because in if right now Jesus isn't questioning, waiting for the Father's direction, in the presence of the Father, he knows the hour. Um, he's there. Okay. Uh, he yeah. has omniscience. Um, he's no longer living with that limitation like he was on earth, uh, but on earth, he he was limited in that uh, human body like ours. Right now, Jesus is in his glorified human body, right? He is no longer limited like you and I are now, like he right. was. So two natures, I think that's a statement reflecting his humanity, um, but at the same time, you know, he could—remember he talked about how he could have called down— Angels, Legions
2: of angels. Yes, yeah. so but he God chose
1: to not, not to. He right. chose not to. He lived. He chose to live as a man.
2: Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate your uh, feedback, and I appreciate how you always challenge us listeners. To
1: hey, it's fantastic. Think things through. I'm grateful. God bless you, Nick.
2: God bless you too, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you, bro.
1: you guys calling from around the country, we'd love to hear you, right now it's all Colorado, I love my Colorado peeps, uh, but I also love my folks on Hope FM and Truth FM, and all you guys calling, I think from Radio by Grace, probably the most amount of calls we receive are from the Fort Lauderdale area, so shout out to you guys in Fort Lauderdale, I was just out there, well not that far south, but I was just out in Vero Beach, the Calvary Chapel there. I was just there. I was on Merritt Island as well at the Florida Pastors Gathering with Pastor Malcolm Wild, and then I was up in Jacksonville Reached Reach Jacks recently. So shout out to you guys in Florida. Lisa and Loveland, welcome to the program.
0: Uh, good evening, Pastor Ed, and I will lift you up in prayer for your mission to hey, India. Thank you. I'm, I know what a, a scary time it is, and uh, you know, for the persecuted church, and it's you know but i know that the blood you're covered by the blood of christ i wanted to ask you uh, about you know i i consider myself a watchman on the wall as far as the t- signs of the times i believe that we're living in the times of the signs and i just want my family to be able to open up their eyes so that i can lead them in a spiritual way to let them know that I do believe that our time is short, and I believe that the Lord is going to remove His protective hand on on America. I mean, nowhere in in the book of Revelation is America uh, mentioned. I I believe we're, you know, we were a a nation blessed under God's protection, and we were blessed by Him, and we've all but kicked Him out of everything. Not uh, not us as as believers, but, you know, the non-believers, and... I just want to be able to lead my my family in a way that is can open their eyes and not believe not not to get them to believe what I believe so to speak but just to get them to understand that we are in times of of peril. Could you give me any ideas as to what I can say to them to get them to be more hungry and less monetary? <laughs>
1: Well, not knowing your family, you know, that's going to be a hard question to answer because uh, I don't know them. I don't know how you're going to bridge the gospel to them. But I do know that we, when we are ministering to others, we, do, we want to start where they are. We don't want to start where we are. Right. Um, you know, so to so try to convince them of what we're already convinced of is just a fruitless endeavor uh, right. that brings about a great defensiveness, a great challenge. And so I, I, I use, and I picked this principle up from Pastor uh, Greg Laurie, you know, we're, we're to build bridges to people, we're to build bridges into their life, we're to build bridges into their situation, we're to build bridges into um, where someone is, like what, what Paul said, that some people plant the seed, other people water, but it's only God that gives the increase. And, you know, knowing that you have seen the signs of the times and you're watching things unfold... I would be super sensitive to see what they notice um, in their conversations you know whether we're talking politics, whether we're talking geopolitical politics you know if if they're into money uh, you know a good a good bridge to that is what's happening with the supply chain today around the world, how yeah. we how we have a global economy, how the bible you know just something like hey did you know the Bible predicts? That there's going to be a global economy isn't that wild? Because like 50 years ago, there's no way in the world we would have thought that the world would have a global economy and and a global money system and and even with crypto today, you know, a money system that's untraceable. Uh, right. I mean, so so what I what I mean by that is like I want to find things in their life that I can connect them to the truth, because, you know, just getting their eyes open to the world that we live in is only the beginning, right? We need to bring them yeah. to a—we we, want to be led by God to bring them and lead them to a sense of their own humanity, uh, to a sense of their own—you know, they've been created in the image of God, uh, that the reality of their life is that God loves them, and that there, there is a, um, there is a significant separation between them— um, but I think if you start, like, I know you were describing yourself to me, but for the sake of that, if you started with, you know, I'm a watchman on the wall and look at how God's out of the, you know, there's a good chance your family doesn't care that God is out of the school system or God has been removed from the United States. I mean, the rest of the world, God was removed a long time ago. Uh, yeah. And so the the reality is, is the whole world, the Bible says, is under the sway of the wicked one. and. Right. And I, I've just found over the years that when I value the person in front of me, when I serve them in love, when, when I care for them, and it's genuine, and they that that love is able to break through all these barriers, all this defensiveness, all of this, um, you know, you you just you just hurt for your family, and you, you you remember you're not the converter, you're not going to be able to convert them, um, right. you know, and participate in their life you know we're i was asked a question earlier you know how do we bless how do we show the love of christ especially around christmas and i thought what a great question and i'm like hey man bless them give gifts to them uh show yeah. up to them you know here in colorado go and and shovel their driveway or whatever just these acts of kindness that right. are demonst- what do you why would you do that well you're doing that because you want them to know you love them yeah. um and and that's the pathway and eventually you get that that ear to them, um, you know, they're 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 not they're most likely the message of the difficulty in America and all that. It's not going to be an attractive message because it it actually undermines everything that they're trusting in, uh, and it's almost like a personal attack. But rather, wow. as I begin to elevate Jesus, as I as I begin to elevate him and share the gospel and and mention the cross, you know, there, there could be here's a little question you can have in your back back pocket, uh, just at the right time, when you just sense it's the right time, and maybe their topic is politics or religion, and and then it's like, you know, I was just wondering, I, I like to ask people this question, can I ask it to you? And you see what I did, I just, I'm letting them invite me in, and they go, right. oh yeah, go ahead and ask it, and it says, well, I've just been thinking, you know, w- w- if if the Bible isn't true, you know, and then why would Jesus Christ have to die on the cross, and just let that question hang. Oh, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, you know, that's that's pretty familiar response, but eyewitnesses said he died. Like, people saw he, he died and rose again. Right. Like, like it's, it is it is historical fact, but let's just say it's true. You know, let's right. just, just work with me, you know, just hypothetically. Let's say it's true. Why? Why would that happen? And You know, they might come back with all kinds, you know, they could be uh, really nasty. They could be really mean. But... But let them be that's who they are right now
0: yeah but you, well my family are they're believers sorry I didn't mean to cut you off they're believers well, it's just I, I I just want them to get to to be more aware of, of what's going on because it frightens me they have small children and and I'm very involved with their life because I live with them and ah, okay. right now we all have COVID so if you could ah, pray for us yes I will <laughs> And I, I will lift you up in prayer for the
1: Well let me yeah, add yeah. let me add then. Let me add a little bit to that because I was thinking they were unbelievers. You know, in oh, no, believers, no. um, you could do things really simple, especially with COVID. You guys are together, and and uh-huh. maybe you suggest, hey, can we start reading the Bible together? Just, yeah. just as a family, can we just pray together before we go to bed? Um yeah. you know, in in introducing the presence of the Lord. In ways that isn't offensive. I mean, you may have to say something offensive. I'm not saying that. You you want to you want to use that you want to use that as a last resort, right? Because once you do that, it's probably going to be over for a while. But but up until then, introducing taking the lead spiritually. um, You know, maybe they have something on television you don't want to watch. Well, you could sit in the room and read the Bible. Um, you could sit in the room, and and maybe you read something in Devo's, and since you guys are together, go, hey, hey, guys, what do you think about this? And what you're doing, again, is trying to build a bridge to an urgency in their heart, and believe me, uh, it, it will happen. There will be a brokenness. Um, there will be a trial. Uh, there will be a difficulty that grasps the attention of your family, yeah. and you're going to want to stay close enough like you are, yeah. uh, trustworthy, trustworthy. So, that when they do have to process great, you know, especially if they're living carnally right now, they're living um, maybe not up to a standard of great worship that they could, that you just want to be available to them when they truly do need direction. But the Spirit of God's in them. And, uh, you know, we trust that God's going to do what, because sometimes we're trying to convince people that they won't even submit to the Spirit of God. What makes us think they're going to submit to us? Right. Uh, So you pray for them, you minister to them, uh, and you be the light and the salt right in the house because you guys are there. Uh, exactly. And when when you remember me tonight, I'm not going to India. I get to do it from here. I get to do it on Zoom call. So I'm gonna.
2: Oh, wonderful! Zoom right. Wonderful.
1: Technology oh. is like right into their sanctuary.
2: Uh, oh, praise the Lord!
0: It's that's, pretty cool. That's a relief.
1: <laughs> I never done that before. Uh, from that's neat. done that from here to another country, so it's gonna be pretty cool.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You're going to have an interpreter then. That's yes. just awesome. Yep. Well, I know you'll have the right words. You always do, Pastor, and I value your, I value Grace FM, and I just love you guys, and I pray for you, Pastor.
1: Well, let me pray pastor. for you right now.
0: Okay, thank you. Father,
1: I do pray for this situation. I think it's a real common one with Lisa, Lord, and, and I do pray that you would keep them strong and safe with the COVID virus inside of them. It, You know, it can be a very scary time and a very challenging time um, with the virus and, and I pray for healing into their bodies, whether it's natural, supernatural, I pray for that. And I pray for the, I think Lisa's describing more than just her family. So many in the family of God today are living as if that's not the last days. They're living as if, oh, let's eat, drink, uh, you know, and party and live a life maybe that isn't honoring you uh, because we kind of think tomorrow's gonna come. And maybe it will, God, maybe it won't. But give us that heart to live occupying until you come living to please you and honor you denying ourselves taking up our cross and following you and so i pray for lisa use her greatly let her passion be spilled over into her family in jesus name amen
0: amen thank you pastor god bless you all right god bless thank you so bye bye
1: all right here's a text that came in god bless you pastor you're so encouraging i'm excited since starting to spend time in the lord's word Listening to you and studying daily, my life has changed. Peaceful, positive. I like who I am through Christ. Oh, I like that phrase. I think I'm going to repeat that phrase with people. Where someone texted in, I like who I am through Christ. I like that. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. The Lord bless you. You know, his word is true. And I have just felt this a burden this year just to remind our church, read your Bible and pray every day. I just filled out a couple baby dedication Bibles because we have baby dedications this weekend, and I always write a note to the baby, even though they can't read, they'll read later. Uh, and and in that note is, be sure to read your Bible every day, because in your in this Bible, in this word, you're going to learn about the love of Jesus for you. And you know, so read your Bible every day. Um, here's a question, real quick. Susan wants to know, can you explain further on your dis- uh, discussion of generational sin? How is that different from original sin that we're taught we're all born with? That's a great clarification, Susan. We all, Original sin is the sin we were born with and inherited from Adam and Eve. Uh, that is the sin nature. That is to, you know, once Adam and Eve sinned um, against God, they are now two sinners. And when they come together, they can only reproduce little sinners. And that's been handed down generational curses is something totally different that is taught in some churches today falsely that if your dad was an alcoholic you're automatically an alcoholic and if your mom was such and such then you just have to pay the price for her sin and pay the price for your grandmother's sin and and I mean in specific behaviors of course we pass down the original sin through our family line uh, even after being born again, you know, a born again couple produces another little sinner. Uh, but the advantage of two born again a mom and dad producing a child is that they're going to be raised in a godly home, going to be taught the ways of the Lord, and when they're old enough, they'll be able to repent of their sins and receive the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. So, original sin is exactly what it is; it is passed down in our nature until we're born again, and and then. That is broken. We're new creations in Christ. However, original sin is why everyone dies. The wages of sin is death, and so the, the our carcasses, our human bodies will will die. But we, our souls and spirits, will live forever and receive a new body. But generational sin, it's uh, curses. It's it's not even generational sin. It's generational curses uh, is a false teaching. That's taught in many charismatic churches. That you know, it's just a manipulative tool. Because now, if you have generational curses, guess what? I have the power to remove them. And if you give to this ministry, then I will remove. If you give a a special gift to this TV program, or you give a, then you can have your generational. There's nothing to remove. Um, Everyone's responsible for their own sin. That's a great follow-up. Thank you, Susan, for sending that in. I bet you many other people were thinking the same thing. All right, we're coming up on the end of the program, so I'm going to go to Greg in Fort Collins. Greg, welcome to the program. How you doing? Good, man. What's up?
4: Um, I I'm, I'm a little nervous here, but um, like all the other callers and their questions, mine's is not so in depth. <laughs> Basically, I just wanted to get an understanding and. A confirmation. Okay. Um, I have an older son who's caught up in, in a storm or fire, as they would, kind of title it. Uh, he turned his life over to God, and once he turned his life over to God, he, he was spiritually attacked. So he's caught up into a storm. I will title it a storm or a fire. Okay. And and I I've gotten people around the globe all praying for my son and. Good. For him to reunite with this family, I feel like the prodigal father, and I'm kind of everywhere here, so bear with me. It's okay. I feel like the prodigal father, so I've, I've talked with pastors and I've read the Bible, and I noticed in the Bible that all fathers uh, have gone through situations with their sons, but in the Bible it doesn't explain to uh, about what the fathers go through. Mm. And so I was talking with this pastor, and this pastor was telling me that um, he was like, Greg, just know that you can rally a whole bunch of people and agree with you and pray with you, but just know that a father's prayer is the most powerful thing out there. So just know that your prayer is being received. And so that's why I called. You know, my emotions are up and down. Yeah. Bear with me. That's and, okay. Uh,
1: We're running out of time. So how I about just, I how about I pray for you now? Because the show's almost work. over. Let's do that. Father, I do agree with my brother as a dad. I pray that you would comfort his heart and strengthen him as the storm and difficulty of his son has brought a storm and difficulty into his life. And I, I think of dads like David in the scriptures who had to deal with the difficulties of his son. Uh, and just thinking of how much pain and sorrow are expressed through the through the Psalms. and David wrote so many of those psalms and some of his problems were directly related to his kids. And so I pray for my brother Greg that he would get to know David and he would get to know David through the Psalms. He would get to know not only David but the God of David, the God that that trust the David that trusted God and the God that was faithful to David. And I pray for his boy, I pray you'd bring him to the end of himself and bring him back to back to his dad, back to his father in heaven, uh, and God, as challenging as this is, I pray for a supernatural strength of my brother that he might continue to be and to do all that you've called him to do while he waits for his son to return. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Amen, my man. Much love. Thank you so right, very much.
1: Hey, and that I think that was a word from the Lord. As I was praying, I was just reminded of David. David had a lot of family issues, including a son that rebelled against him named Absalom. And there are many Psalms that he wrote surrounded the issues with his kids that you can just see how desperate he was, how hurt he was, but also how much this, his pain drew him closer to the Lord. And that can be the same for you.
4: Thank you so very much. It means a lot.
1: All right. Bless you, brother. All right. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. We're going to be here baptizing just a couple hours. Of course, you guys around the country plug into a church close to you. Uh, reach out to this local radio station you're listening on, and and I'm sure they have a church list. You can call them uh, for trustworthy churches in your community. Um, Lord willing, we'll be back on the air tomorrow. We did launch our lead to serve podcast. So season three is started. You can get that anywhere you get your podcast. You want to learn how to be a better servant, how to lead. Well, uh, we talk about things that are, that need to be talked about, uh, things like confidentiality, things about your spiritual life. Like one of the episodes, like the first one is, are you overwhelmed? Are you overwhelmed? That's the first thing we talk about. And it's directly related to why there was such a delay in not getting from season two to season three. Um, Because in being overwhelmed, I list out some things to help you so that you can get out from under that. So the lead to serve. Put my name in your podcast search and you'll find it. The Lord bless you guys, encourage you. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, See you then. Bless you.